Clytus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body of the SK system. The inhabitants refer to it as the planet Earth. How peaceful it looks. It must be annihilated. Send Rick and Daddy on war rocket Ajax. In 2013, Ming the Merciless, ruler of the known universe, declares the Earth to immediate termination. To accomplish this awesome decree, Rick and Danny are dispatched to the planet on War Rocket Ajax. The two encountered something they never thought they'd find, though. Movies. Stalled in their given task, Rick and Denny comb the movies of the Earth, sending reports of their greatness back to Mungo in what is now called the Hail Ming Power Hour. Another episode, a special Halloween episode of the Hell Ming Power Hour, where we watch all the movies and we try to make you watch them again or for the first time, but that falls into your hands. That's your fate, not ours, right? We're just here to hand them out to you, but we can't make you drink the water, right? <laughs> we are your humble guide. Right. And the guy with the with the big spoon that you drink out of is no other than He's on that side. Danny Bennett! What's up, man? Yeah, hey, welcome back, everybody. And we're here to talk about, hopefully, I mean, I have no doubt that most of you are fairly familiar with this movie. And you don't need to rewatch it, but you want to because yeah. it's it's that good. But we're also here with a third host, you know, one, one of our one of our patrons, a hardworking man of horror, Bo Ransdell. Hey. How are you doing, Bo? I'm great. I mean, look, if we're going to talk about any movie on board the good ship, Hail Ming, it, yeah. it's it's got to be this. I like you. Anytime you invoke the name of Tom Atkins and Night of the Creeps here, it's like Beetlejuice. You say it enough times and there I am. <laughs> I have yes. to remember that. <laughs> the mighty Bo Ransdale. But this is the Hey, let's just face it, folks. If it wasn't for Bo Ransdale. And Duck and McLeish. This show wouldn't even exist. So Aww. he's the man. He 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 he's on more. Sh- he does more shows than the strippers in the champagne room. I mean, that's that's true. <laughs> and I, I wish it were as profitable. <laughs> and I were I was as limber. Yeah, really. <laughs> Those are both good wishes. Maybe maybe yoga and and only fans. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tried an OnlyFans, but it turns out there was only a fan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need your money. Messages like, "Can we get this for free or what?" Uh, I don't yeah. need I don't need your money, Aunt Ruth. <laughs> yeah, well, this is uncomfortable for both of us, and Thanksgiving's coming up, so. <laughs> All right, we're not going to beat around the bush on this. I mean, uh, we, we're just going to jump right into this and get rolling because you deserve it. <laughs> So, yes, we have, uh, well, talking about wasting time, we've got synopsis for the mighty uh, Night of the Creeps. I've got two. And this first one (laughs) was sent from Bay. Bay. Bo may be uh, familiar with this person. I don't know that Danny is, but we've got a synopsis for Night of the Creeps from Neil Breen. Oh, fantastic. I I love Neil Breen and all of his work. All right, let's see what he's got. Hello, this is Neil Breen. I am here to tell you about Night of the Creeps. This is a serious story about things that matter. Aliens get into your head and root around. One boy has an alien make him walk, so he committed suicide. 
I can't believe you committed suicide. I cannot believe you committed suicide. How could you do this? How could you have committed suicide? I have so much work I'll never get done. I am continuing to hack into these government systems to see what I can find out about all this national and international corruption that I know is going on. A crisis. Programmable virtual reality. Programmable DNA. Homeland Security is ready. We are on the verge of mind hacking. Programmable matter. We will be linked telepathically. Special agencies are prepared. Follow me. They can't hurt me. My sack is out for all to see. <laughs> Creeps. <laughs> I love the amazement on Danny's face right now, because he's like, what? <laughs> it's as good as any Neil Breen movie you're ever going to see. It, I thought it was Stephen Wright for a minute. Um, <laughs> Neil but- Breen, Stephen Wright. There, there's not a lot of difference. <laughs> I, w- I was waiting for the joke, but maybe the whole thing. Yes, was the joke. You you have to experience a Neil Breen movie. Now, yeah. now I have something. See, you've guided me. Uh, well, and Neil Breen. Don't, don't hold me accountable for that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one more synopsis, real quick. This was sent in for uh, another person that's been kind of absent for a while, but we got Mike Tyson. This is Mike Tyson. And I'm here to talk about one of my favorites, uh, Night at the Creeps. I really like Creeps. They're kind of like, you know, like nailed thin fluffy pancakes. And, you know, you can put some whipped topping on them. Maybe oh. some cherries. You know, yeah, IHOP does them real good. <laughs> I've just always, always really liked Creeps, you know? Uh, Mike, it is... Creeps, not creeps. Oh, well, I, I, I know some creeps in my time too. You know that creep, um, Evander Holyfield. You know why? I, I took a bite out of his ear one time, like it was a crepe. It was pretty delicious too. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what you guys are doing, but what do you say after we're done? We all just go out and get big old, big old pile of crepes. Yeah. That'd be, you know, afternoon of the crepes. Yeah. <laughs> that, the, the, the prequel to night of the crepes is afternoon of the crepes. Uh, it sounds great. Uh, the probably, so I ended up having some crepes not long ago at, uh, that pancake pantry in Gatlinburg. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, Oh, that'll take a year off your life. <laughs> It's delicious, though. Speaking of taking a year off your life, Danny Bennett, what's your number one reason to watch Night of the Creeps? Okay, well, um, everybody's number one reason to watch Night of the Creeps has got to be Tom Atkins. Yeah. As, I mean, I don't want to let the cat out of the bag, but it would, it would really be doing a disservice not to say that he is the number one, probably the number three, and maybe the number 17 reason to watch this movie. Because he... He shoots up the scenery. He's got the best one-liners, and his running gags are fantastic. Plus, when he stops and, and smells that rose. <laughs> hey, did you say let the cow out of the bag, or just? Yeah, just... I don't want to let the cow out of the bag, man. <laughs> All right, <laughs> it's a big bag, and it was hard to get him in there. Yeah, without a doubt, Tom Hankins. I mean, you, you see the shirt, right? I mean. It, it, and, it, and to this day, it's still his favorite role of any movie he's ever done. So That's, I read that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's got so much to chew on, too. Like, he's he's great in The Fog and, you know, great in Halloween 3 and all that stuff. This is just, like, it's a tour de force. It, it gives him the opportunity to, to be funny, to be very dramatic. Um, it paints him as this anti-hero. Like, he is yep. a suicidal alcoholic. who is on a path of self-destruction and manages to be hilarious along the way. It's it's truly one of the great 
characters and performance in horror i think i yeah. I, I think it's brilliant and so i pro- i propose that for this episode in in homage to uh to tom instead of saying what's your next reason we just say rick thrill me yeah thrill me thrill me yeah sure well uh, bo just just a little fyi here danny has never seen halloween 3 it's it's something that i'm i'm familiar with the movie i know the plot of it but i i never saw it back then and and we were talking about it i need to catch it this year because yeah yeah it's quality tom atkins he's he's great i mean and always uh, you know uh uh, like six feet away from a six-pack in that movie (laughs) it's terrific it's so good it's true (laughs) so all right taking taking danny's words at heart here bo thrill me all right, it is not just one horror movie. It is several horror movies in one. Absolutely. You've got kind of your sci-fi horror movie. You got your zombie horror movie. You got a kind of a slasher movie in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Like whatever you want out of a horror film, there is sp- some piece of it in Night of the Creeps. And yep. I, I love the fact that it has all these different gears. Like the the funky baseline to all of it is are the creeps themselves. But, yeah. you know, you get this 50s throwback at the beginning and you know the the zombie movie at the end and in the middle there's like two or three uh yeah. kind of things and it's just it's so good like the the movie just keeps like every time you you think like okay well i see where they're going here it just takes a left turn and yeah. i like the first time i saw it this movie blew my mind oh yeah and and even watching it now i i'm still completely enamored by how how often it changes up the game within the film it's it's so good yeah that's actually on my list i've got it's a horror movie love letter it's pretty much captures everything so you know you, it's it's strange to even think that this movie came out before monster squad right yeah even though yeah, it yeah. did you know he did this one first but this is that love letter letter of the of the you know the 50s sci-fi the 60s 70s and then you look at, well, 80s as well, because that's when it takes place. But then you look at Monster Squad, which is 30s and 40s horror mixed with modern day. So he he really is into this love letter kind of thing. And, and that's what makes these movies great. And that's what makes them stand the test of time, even though they were considered kind of flops. Uh, when I met Tom Atkins, when he was first starting to do the horror tours, he didn't have anything Night of the Creeps at his table. And people were saying... He said, people keep asking, yeah, hey, where's, where's, you know, where's the stuff from this movie? And so they, people that worked at Texas Frightmare went and printed off just tons of, of a one, one steel shot. They actually took the video and played it and took a steel shot. He sold every picture that day that he had of that stuff. So, I mean, and it's, I got one of them too. And he's like, I can't believe this movie is just now getting to the point to where people are enjoying it like they are. So this was in i don't know 2008 or so so the dvd hadn't even come out yet so yeah. the first time i saw uh night of the creeps it was just a tbs movie on on tuesday night or something i was sitting at my house i was living at home and and, and doing nothing and this movie came on and i had no idea you know i don't even think i knew what it was called until afterward when i was like what am i watching you know yeah. But but I mean I was like oh this looks like like the kind of movie I would watch, and and then I watched it all the way through and I was like what the hell did I just watch because it's just it's I mean when when he's in the basement anyway, the 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 end game of that movie, it, yeah. it like you said Bo it just blew my mind. Yeah. All right, I got one. So yeah, not only do you get Tom Atkins, but you get Dick Miller. It's a, even if it's for a short scene, but you get him playing Walter Paisley again, like he's played in every movie. That whole flamethrower scene is just gold. Yeah. The laughter that they, when they're both kind of chuckling about the flamethrower, flamethrower. <laughs> oh, it must be a knife. Yeah. Uh, You're breaking out the hard artillery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I just need that requisition for me. Yeah, that's the thing, Walt. <laughs> that's I the mean, problem. Th- <laughs> oh, that whole scene. It's just it's it's heartwarming when you watch it now. It's like these two great genre actors clearly having a good time. Oh yeah. 
and oh it yeah it does your heart good man anytime you see dick miller it's wonderful but seeing him kind of cut up with tom atkins it's it, yeah. it's terrific yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's that thing where you can tell that this movie you're allowed to turn loose you're not taking this movie too seriously so you can have a lot of fun with it and i think that's something we've really lost man i mean you get one here and there but for the most part you've kind of lost that hey we're just making a fun roller coaster ride movie which is something we've been kind of covering here the last several episodes and you know there's something so special about that that we just we don't really see that much anymore everybody takes everything so literally and so so seriously I guess you can just do so much technically that, you know, the, the whole Grindhouse movie that, you know, it looks good enough isn't yeah. enough anymore. And right. it has to look great because somebody with a lot less than you can make their movie look great. So it kind of levels the playing field. And at the same time, it makes the playing field so high that, you know, making a movie for fun, it kind of kind of, you know, unspeakable. Yeah. Yeah, there a couple of recent like uh, uh, Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse or Deathgasm, kind right. of yeah. lower budget right. films for sure. But I mean, those are a couple of recent examples of movies right. where the marching order seemed to be like, what if we just have a good time making a horror movie right. and do some dumb stuff along the way that makes us laugh? Uh, this uh, the the one thing that Night of the Creeps has that I I think those don't is that it also gets the serious stuff right yeah which is a uh, such a tough balance and it, i you know I get hats off to fred decker again for being able to to shift tones like that and not you know correct <laughs> his movie <laughs> i i read that fred decker hated the, the the dog puppet yeah i mean look not everybody's <laughs> right that dog puppet is gold <laughs> i thought it was pretty good i thought it was better than the cat puppet Oh, yeah. the, the dog standing in the middle of the road is one of my favorite things in the movie because it's so clearly a puppet that doesn't move. I just love it. I love everything about it. All right, Daddy, throw me. All right, um, back around to me. There's so much. How about how about Detective Cameron's dream? Oh yeah, yeah. So, oh my god. Tom Atkins sitting on the beach drinking out of a coconut, and somebody's you know. Is Miss Piggy is is reverse going into the water, so she's coming out completely dry. <laughs> yeah, and you know he wakes up and you know he comes through and he's he's holding that. I like the fact that he's holding a woman's hand. It, when he when he comes into the sequence where he's walking toward the car where his his uh his lady loves being killed, yeah. like there are all these weird little things. that's like oh this is a dream. I actually was watching this last night with Lois. She's never seen it before. Ah. She was like, is this a dream? And then like. She's like, okay, this is a dream. And then she's like, he's holding a lady's hand. And then after that whole sequence came through and he wakes up, she's like, that was a really good dream. Because not only did it, <laughs> did it cover some backstory, but it also was was absurd enough that that you knew it was a dream and it really did the job. Right, right. And also it's got all those little little tip of the hats to Jaws in there too. Yeah. You've got the the passing of the, of the people going by and that's where your edits are for the flashback. You get the, the zoom shot. With the camera like they did with Snyder, yeah, I mean it, it's, yeah, again, it's a love letter to all things horror, and it's just a little, it's just a little piece, you know, but, yeah, but it's done so well. And a great point. I mean, how do you explain this whole backstory and relationship of making you care for these characters instead of them having to just tell it to somebody, right? So mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's great. All right, Bo, that's back to you, man. Yeah. Uh, one quick note about the the the, the yeah. edits that Jaws yeah. edit thing. Yeah. It, it was one of the moments. The I think the first time I saw this, where it was like, wait a second, are they doing the Jaws edit? <laughs> because that's the greatest thing I think I've ever seen in my life. And yeah, it's terrific. And and kind of piggybacking on that. So my thrill you is the fact that it's legitimately a funny movie, not oh, yeah. just like yeah. oh, it's kind of amusing and that kind of thing. It legit makes me laugh. Yeah. Um, the the uh, janitor <laughs> walking down the hallway going screaming, screaming like, like banshee. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that he has carried that with him all day long, that he could not it's get over how funny up. that was. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Um, you know, the, the character of JC uh, has yes. some legitimate lines that I think are very, very funny. It's all great and, to me. <laughs> yeah. The 
that's terrific. Yeah, funny as a crutch. Am I right? Yeah. You know, yeah, all J- that's- JC is is a reason all by himself. He's yeah. that he's that that sidekick character that you have in so many of those movies, like My Science Project. Yeah, but he he does it so well. Yeah, it's he's a great character. I mean, there again, just all these really funny little moments, like when uh, uh, the the Brad, the boyfriend, has been zombified. Oh, yeah, and they're having that conversation <laughs> just the on the porch of the sorority house, and she's like, you know, Brad, I just, I, I just <laughs> think that we're really growing apart and he's behind her and those things are just falling out of his mouth i mean they're making a thunk, thunk, yeah thunk sound out of his uh, mouth <laughs> oh it's so good it's that's so all- funny but it's gross and wonderful it's all those things at once i love it that's, i've got that on my list breaking up with brad <laughs> that's one of my favorite parts man <laughs> uh, okay let's see where are we at oh another reason man come on the rejuvenated serial killer I mean, talking about shifting gears again. The fact that Tom Atkins has given the story of the past and what had happened and where he'd buried him, and then all of a sudden he comes busting up out of that lady's floor with the axe still. <laughs> like he would have buried him with the axe. Right. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he threw everything into the hole, I Look, guess. He's, he's an axe killer. That's his identity. What's he going to be without an axe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can't leave it as a tombstone or whatever like a grave uh, marker so you just throw it in with it I, and I, I love the fact that there's that great moment where the two cops are looking for him oh yeah and they're like we're never gonna find him and you just see them drive by oh it's so good i love that so much i mean when they catch him in the street in the alleyway and and that's where tom atkins goes you know basically no effing way you know <laughs> yeah i killed you already yeah <laughs> Uh, his story when he is telling Spanky um, yeah. the story of oh, killing this guy the best it, it, yeah. the, it's the moment where he says guess what happened next <laughs> um, are you sure you should be telling me this Wrong. close yeah close that's what it's close yeah uh, yeah I buried him I buried him on the campus yeah it's all of that everything surrounding that whole storyline of i killed this dude because he hacked up my girlfriend who had dumped me and i don't know why i'm telling you this story but i kind of feel the need to oh it's so good and just his constant you know wanting to do himself in and just end everything (laughs) taping up the door turning on the gas yes pulling the tape (laughs) off the door to answer it of like, uh, I was almost dead. Jeez, I hope this better be important. <laughs> All right, Danny, what you got next, man? All right, I, I will thrill you with the corn, the eating corner. <laughs> so, like, oh, yeah. he he comes into the first crime scene. He sets down that briefcase. The only thing that's in it is this wrapped up hokey. <laughs> he takes his, he puts it on his like his crime file, and he walks across the room and just starts eating it. He's not even walking toward the body; it's over here. He's just eating it. Again, I was watching it with 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 Lois last night, and she was like, "That was a really empty case." And I was like, "Yeah, it was." And I was rewatching it this morning, and I had to go find her. I was like, "You know what was in that case? A sandwich." Because we noticed him eating, but I didn't notice that that was the only thing in the case. It's and, and in every scene that that guy's in, he's eating something. He eats well, a Twinkie when the guy when uh, when when David Painter Pamer comes off the uh, the coroner's yeah. table behind him. I had to look up that guy's name because I was like, I've seen that guy in too yeah. many things not to know his name. <laughs> but like, and then like he, he's eating on the on the porch when they find the body in front of the sorority house. He, I don't know what he's eating because he's finishing up, but he's still chewing it. <laughs> It's just such a great gag. It goes back to those Italian giallo detectives, right? <laughs> They're either drinking or eating something. I mean, it's so like, it, like John Saxon drinking that that glass of Coke <laughs> in front of that fountain. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know that I'd never I'd ever realized that that was the only thing in his case was the sandwich, <laughs> and that makes it about a million times better. <laughs> that, that's I, it his just lunch so box. happens. <laughs> And maybe the folder was in there too, but I mean, it was like the only like thing of substance that it was like wrapped in cellophane. Oh man, it was so good. Oh, all right, Bo, what you got next, man? All right, the I'm going with the heartbreaker here, and that's JC's tape that he leaves. Uh, yeah, uh, 
which it, tell it, it it serves kind of yeah. two functions that like there's the exposition that it gives you of like oh i'm telling the hero of our film you can kill these things with fire yeah but the the moment that i like get the chills is when he's like and i walked i walked all by myself you know yeah. and it, you're just like man this is like genuinely uh, affecting me emotionally yeah because i'm so bought into their relationship and it, and it's partly because of the the speech that jc gives him about like you know i'm never gonna have a girlfriend of my own because of uh, of being handicapped or that's his perception of it and right. so i'm living vicariously through you so i want you to be happy yeah and it's such a like a, an emotional moment and then it, it pays off with him saying and i and i was able even though i'm dead i don't have a pulse anymore but i i'm gonna be able to uh save you one last time yeah and it's oh it, it, it breaks my heart yeah it's yeah it's good and you know like uh, so i don't want to add to it but but two things you know one jc's handicapped and he has to walk with the crutches and there's never a point really made about that i mean like he 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 says it as a, to his friend in conversation but it isn't like it doesn't define that character in any way really and and two at the end of that he tells him he loves him now it's very possibly a platonic love but you know they're they're together and he tells him he said you know because after I, I i heard that i watched it the second time it's kind of like a lot of the conversations you get you know he seems enamored with his friend he wants him to be happy just like we do for all of our friends but it seems like there might be something a little more there i don't know if that's there because it's not underlined because it's not necessary but both of those are things that are in the movie that you don't expect to be there for a movie that this that's this fluffy, you know. Right. Yeah, it's the, the, they could be there. You could read them in, but it's something that you might find in a movie that's very dramatic. You know, you might find in American Beauty or something where it's like, well, I wonder about this character. You don't expect the CJ character to be the character that you're wondering about because it's just like you said, this this final speech has such gravity. That, that it, it it adds more drama to the whole movie. I, yeah. I think it's great. Well, my favorite role that JC had is when he was in just one of the guys. So yeah. <laughs> it's not him and the, the girl from that kind of looked the same. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You had me going there. I was like, because he looked familiar and I kept thinking, I've seen this guy in something, but I looked him up and he looks like he's mostly a producer. I kind of <laughs> looked him up to see if he still had, if he really had to walk with those crutches or if that was just a thing. Yeah, I mean that that scene though. Back to you know Bo's discussion of that is again you're on this fun roller coaster ride. You got some scares and spooks here and there, and it gets really dark and really serious at this point. And like you said, it's laying down the information of the aha. Here's here's how you can win. So it's just again, it's brilliant how this movie is put together. Uh, you know, for somebody to take the concept of I'm going to take all these different ideas that I love growing up and make a functioning movie out of it and it actually work. That says a lot about the writing. So, yeah. Yeah. Decker, Decker's the man. Yeah, it it really is a high wire act of a, a screenplay and the fact that it works even half as well as it does would be a, a shock. Yeah. So, all right, I'm going to say one of my favorite scenes is the bathroom scene, right? Because that's kind of where JC's doing his business in the bathroom, and that's where <laughs> the janitor comes in, his head's busted open, you got all the little slugs going everywhere. That's where you find out they can be killed by fire. But the cool things about it is in the stall, there's two things. When he's sitting there on the stall, in the stall is written, Striper Rules. <laughs> Which... Yeah. Growing up, I was a huge striper fan, so that was a big deal. But how about out in the out in the actual bathroom lobby, you see a sign that says "Go Monster Squad." Yep, yeah, yeah. So, it, it's a nice little breadcrumb, like uh, if uh, like Midnight Mass, that new Mike Flanagan joint uh, recently somebody pointed out like oh there's a copy of the book midnight mass and a couple of other flanagan movies yeah you know well before he had ever done it so yeah it's definitely fred decker being like guess what's coming y'all yeah here you uh, go I, I love that yeah strapper rules coming next <laughs> the hell with the devil yeah coming to at hell you. With 
Yeah. Well, I know you're a big Striper fan, but yeah. I mean, you know, what about the other rock and roll cameo in this with with uh, with Brian Johnson driving the bus? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty close. I mean, pretty he's good. got the hat. He's got the hair. He's got the eyes. For those about to rock. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Uh, go ahead, Danny. I guess that's that's you next, man. All right. Um, nice, shirt. Mentioned- nice shirt, by the way. Oh, thanks. Thanks. This is a fast printed shirt out of Texas. Oh, yeah. Um, we like those guys a lot. Yeah. Um, so I, I mentioned it earlier and I just want to mention it again because like, so I, I was reading this, this uh, director's commentary things and I'm, I love director's commentaries, but uh, apparently the, the scene where detective Cameron smells the rose on the way into the, the sorority yeah. house was ad libbed because uh, Tom Atkins said he, the character was a romantic. So he, he felt like he should, he should do that. And I think that's funny because later plan nine from outer space is playing on a movie or on, on the, the, uh, the house mother's TV screen. Right. And it's the scene where Bella Lugosi stops and smells the rose yep. on the way out of the house. I, I don't know if he picks it or if he just smells it, but like, that's not the part of the scene it's showing. He's walking out the door, but he's about to. Yeah. And I thought, Oh, this was an homage to that because, you know, plan nine from outer space is in there. Even that scene, but then I read the director said that that was ad lib by Tom Atkins. So that's just a fantastic huh. coincidence. It, cool. If it is, I mean, you know, the director might've not known, but, or, or done it and just not remembered or whatever, but there, there's like an an, yeah, there's another mention of plan nine in the fifties segment as well, where one of the girls mentions plan nine from outer space as well. And what about that meteor? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all in fire. It's coming in. It looks like, <laughs> Looks like a briquette from the from the uh, the barbecue. Just <laughs> it's great. I mean, yeah. it looks like just like something you know. It's on a string or whatever. Yep. It looks just Classic like 50s. something out of a fifties. Yeah, awesome. and I I love the fact too. And I, I, we're jumping around everywhere, but still, just the whole opening with you know you got the the alien that's got the slug in it. You can see it in its eyes. Its eyes are yeah. different color. Running around naked, getting ready to launch the, <laughs> these slugs out. Right. I mean. Again, trying to take all these things and make a movie out of it. You're like, well, how's that possibly going to work? And it and, does. And the closed captions. I love the closed captions. <laughs> <laughs> They're just yeah. alien symbols. It's like, well, why bother to show me <laughs> the translation that I can't read? <laughs> I, I also like the fact that if you haven't seen this movie in about 10 years, you will completely forget that it starts in space. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, that that's a bar bet you can win if somebody's like, oh, yeah, I remember seeing Eye of the Creeps. I bet you $100 that it starts in space with little naked aliens. <laughs> like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> oh, so, uh, Bo, you got something else? Yeah, this is really just one line, and it goes back to our Tom Atkins love. Oh, yeah. But it is a line that I, I think is maybe my favorite of the movie where tom atkins it's after uh christine cameron has basically you know bared her soul and said like here's what i think is going on and there are all these little you know slug things and whatnot that it came out of this guy's head at the window and tom atkins steps out of the shout the shadows and says (laughs) zombies exploding heads creepy crawlies and a date for the formal classic spanky <laughs> i love that so much his, all of his lives are so good yeah uh but yeah but he like he's met this kid once and it's just like that's spanky to a t you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 oh, oh my god I, you're right everything that comes out of his mouth is gold to one degree or another yeah but, man, you're right though Oh, that line makes me laugh so hard. I just, it, 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 it like if <laughs> on my deathbed, I hope somebody has the foresight to just lean down and whisper that into my ear. And then I know everything will be all right. <laughs> oh, Danny, you got any more? Yeah. I mean, did, <laughs> I, okay. So my next, my next reason to watch or my, my next thrilling moment 
<laughs> in the sorority house, <laughs> Detective Cameron sees the 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 cameo of his lady love uh on the on the wall when there's a you know the the zombies behind him and two more coming toward him he's been trying to reload the gun and he's and then he just he starts shooting them and this and this this 360 degree camera it's like they got him on a lazy susan (laughs) spinning him around and he's killing them all he he becomes the badass that he's been the whole movie but you know a few minutes before that he wasn't just i guess so he could become it again <laughs> it's it's one moment scene. of danger Cause, yeah because the way that it's done is just so campy with, with the with the room spinning around behind him while he's just killing these zombies it's like they just and threw him into an anime moment. all of a sudden you know yeah he <laughs> becomes goku yeah and this was way before the matrix yeah absolutely i mean it's <laughs> but it's around the same time as dancing on the ceiling so <laughs> hard to argue Oh, I've actually, actually, I don't know when Dancing on Zealand came out. So. Well, it's better left unsolved. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I've kind of hit the, the my list as far as everything that I've got, but you can keep, keep going. You can keep going, though. I mean, come on. I mean, let me let me throw one out there. Yeah, uh, a legitimately different director's cut. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I re- I remember seeing you know like like Danny was saying I remember seeing this on like TV and HBO and that kind of thing when I was younger and having a very distinct impression of what this movie was and the end of the director's cut is substantially different. Yeah. Yeah. So that it really kind of recontextualizes a lot of them. Well, to some degree, but certainly brings back the alien stuff from the beginning of the movie. Right. Which if you've never seen, if you've seen either creeps, you've never seen the director's cut, the, the original version of the movie ends with, uh, you know, our heroes kissing outside the house after it explodes uh, after again, another like uh moment where chills go up my spine of the kid saying detective, thrill me and then yeah. kaboom oh it's so good yeah and then you know they kiss and then they see the dog that <laughs> upended the bus and it you know vomits out the the slug and then the director's cut is not anything with the dog but yep. our hero's kiss and then you see uh tom atkins all burned up to a charcoal <laughs> briquette walking away from the house Yep. Making it his way to the edge of the cemetery where he collapses and slugs escape. And then you see the alien ship come over looking for these slugs as they're presumably infecting a bunch of people in these graves. Yeah. And it was like, oh, that's a really rad ending to this movie that I had never seen before, you know, right. they released that Blu-ray director's cut. Right. And and I still I, I still like the the original cut the best because it left it to that point. Whereas I mean I, I understand giving it a kind of a wrap up, but I don't know. I mean I, I, I like both, but I still prefer the original cut myself. But and that may be just because that's the impression you get, right? It'd be like if they came out with another cut of Reanimator and they added some extra stuff. You'd be like, it's nice to see, mm-hmm. but in my mind it's this one because that ending of the dog. And one coming out of its mouth, and it goes to the camera, and it just goes black. I mean, basically saying it never ends. But yeah. on the other side, you get kind of a Return of the Living Dead kind of ending, right? So, yeah. Well, I like that the, this director's cut isn't like, we have eight more seconds of yeah. this gory <laughs> effect shot. It's like, no, this is totally different. You yeah, know? yeah it, it, it totally gives it something different. Yeah, apparently an editor went in and, and re-edited his... Fred Decker's whole movie because they were upset with how much they, they want. They wanted to cut a ton out of it. Like he apparently had a whole lot more movie and they were, they kept telling him that they could would come onto the, the set with a stopwatch. And, and, you know, I'm sure that was difficult for him to work under. I'm glad that his, his story got put out there because, you know, yeah. it would suck to put something too so much love and so much work into something just to have somebody else cut it to ribbons. But it's not a, it's not a huge difference though. I mean, you're talking, maybe a minute extra footage yeah Bo. i mean that's kind of what I, it's yeah. not much it, it's not a ton uh but i i like the fact that it changes 
it, I mean, it changes the conclusion of the movie and it, really it, does. it sort of implies that our heroes are going to survive and go on as opposed to, Oh, yeah. now they're probably infected. Right. Um, and, and also, uh, I like seeing the corpsified Tom Atkins <laughs> with the cigarette still in his <laughs> mouth. <laughs> along. Yeah, it's pretty good. My favorite part is when he stands up and he says, you can count on my stool. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was wasn't that CJ in the bathroom sequence? Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, and we we've kind of <laughs> we've talked about them, but I think the actual look of the creeps themselves and the way they wiggle across the floor and everything, yeah. really unsettling. Yeah, I think that's really creepy. It still oh, man, works when CJ's on the bathroom floor and they're just like zipping around all directions. It's like you're never getting out of there, man. <laughs> yeah, there's like eighty of them in there. How about the one that when he puts the matches down there and the one hits it? It's almost like seeing a car wreck at, at Daytona or something. It's like, <laughs> well, and one of them like around. one of them cuts his hand or something. He reaches down yeah. for those matches oh. and he's like, "Ow!" It's like, "What did what did it do?" Yeah. Hey, how about the fact that we are conveniently storing brains <laughs> in the basement of this sorority? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> the the point where they go downstairs where uh uh you know spanky and his girlfriend with the flamethrower heading down the steps and the the kind of reveal of here are a bunch of shelves here's tom atkins with duct tape over his mouth which i really like <laughs> telling them like get out of here get out of here and then you sweep to the right and there's just a writhing pile of these things yeah and especially when they're on their way out and you see them like skittering along the rafters and that kind of thing. It's like, this, yeah, this is gross. And, and what, what about, you know, like you said, he's got the table over his mouth and he moves it to tell him to get out. One of them shoots for his mouth and he just catches <laughs> it midair. I mean, I don't that's think the so, most badass thing yeah. I think I've ever seen in a movie. Because I mean, up until then, everybody's like, oh no. Right. He's just like, JC's like, oh, oh. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just throws it back down, like back to the pile with you. Yeah. Uh, How about when they get ready to attack him? Though they they create this formation. <laughs> it's like they are they know what they're doing. It's like there's five or six. I'm like, all right, run two or three, go. <laughs> right, we got a flying V. This guy because he's just too cool for one on one creep action. Yeah, it's terrific. so awesome, so awesome, and. Again, I mean, if if you don't watch this movie and and don't have fun with it, then you, man, you just you're a sad, depressed person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I, the the whole reason in in the movie Lost After Dark that I did the whole reason that they all have names that are reminiscent of uh, horror directors and and scream queens. Yeah is because of this movie because yeah. this movie was so formative. I was like, well, if Fred Decker can do it. Right, you know right. what's good for the goose uh so yeah that, like i totally ripped that off from night of the creeps right yeah i mean just take your pick man it's it's pretty much every name right <laughs> yeah well it's just yeah i mean it, it's a tip of the hat it's basically saying like i love the genre so much and a bunch of people have done it now and you know it's kind of old hat but yeah. um you know it, it definitely is, is sort of acknowledging that you love this genre and you want to uh you know just kind of pay homage to uh to the directors and you know fred decker did it i i as far as i know before anyone else i had ever seen do it yeah. and and i really like that I, I think that's a really nice move as if the movie itself didn't tell you that this guy loves horror movies uh <laughs> he's like no 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 they're all named after you know modern and classic horror directors so yeah right. it's great <laughs> all right anybody got anything else i just wanted to make sure we paid some lip service to that to that you know that last stand in the basement before we were out because that oh yeah but bo yeah. brought it up for sure yeah um, there's, there's still so much stuff i mean there's so many yeah little bitty yeah things like uh getting the guy to go answer the phone it's got the unibrow you know there's there's i mean there's yeah. That thing in the basement that when he starts counting yeah. and then gives Spanky the wink. Yeah. Like, it kind of saying, like, it's cool. I know that I'm going to die, but this is kind of where I, I've wanted to do this for a while. All right. 
This gives my death a purpose. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, you know, the, the only thing that, and you know, we, we pointed out the whole way through is the, the, the self-awareness of the film. There are a lot of quips to what is this a B movie, you know, or yeah. I would rather have aliens from space invade my brain. You know, like there's a lot of <laughs> the, the actors know the characters kind of know the movie knows itself. And, and it's not like looking at the camera and delivering a line kind of thing. But it's definitely a, the writer of the movie wants you all to know that he's in on the joke. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. But I think that's kind of you. Could, that can be a double edged sword that can really sink yeah. your movie if your movie is kind of crap. <laughs> and and you're like, hey, what are we a B movie? And it's like, eh, yeah, it turns out. Yes. Right. But in in this movie it's just done with such affection and the movie itself. Like if you strip that out, the movie would still be awesome. And you know, so the fact that it's also just, again, it's, it's that tip of the cap of like, yeah, we know this is kind of a a B horror movie, but you know, you can be a wonderful one of those and, and, and still have a great time. And again, the fact that this movie kind of rings genuine emotion out of the characters of of what is essentially just a you know kind of a b horror movie is tremendous it's so good i can't tell you how many times in life that i've used this from the movie (laughs) dang (laughs) i got attacked by a wasp (laughs) sorry Oh, no, no. Well, it right on me. We don't normally have wasp in here. Uh, we need to have that checked out, Danny. Yeah, no. there's. <laughs> I'm not knocking that thing down. If I knock down that 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 thing, you're gonna sting me. Sorry, sorry, Bo. Yeah, uh, sorry. Yeah, I uh, normally I, I kind of had my eyes on it, and then the next thing I knew, it was on me. <laughs> oh, that's that funny because I, I was watching him earlier, and I noticed he kept like looking up, like. I was like, "What's he? What's what's going on?" And now we know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's tur- turns out there's an infestation on the ship. <laughs> oh, maybe if you get stung, you turn into a zombie. Who knows? I mean, fingers crossed. This, uh, this might have something to do with those little those little short naked dudes that came on last week. No. They're working on Bill, the AC Bill, units. My Billy ass. and Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Coming. <laughs> less, less, scary, less scary dad, more scary creeps. <laughs> cool. All right. So what we're going to do right now, folks, we're going to take a little short break. We'll be right back. Well, I said we would. He's a no-nonsense maverick looking to clean up the streets. Ah, my nose, you're broken. It's all red and swollen. Looks fine to me. (laughs) He's a raging animal looking for payback. You think you got what it takes to take the tarantula off the streets? The tarantula runs this place, man. Spider, spider on the wall. Don't you have any brains at all? Now these two renegades cops have teamed up, and all hell is about to break loose. We don't stop shooting until the screaming stops. Let's send these sons of bitches to hell. <laughs> They've got the style. Hey, detective, we got a blood sample over here. Let's run it through the bozo pewter. They know the deal. Nothing up my sleeve. Presto! Wrong hat. I take a seven and a half. And the ladies know they've got the sex appeal. No more games. I find you so sick. This is really gonna piss off Boris. What do you want, clown? You want me to play ball? No, I want you to play... This summer, Moose and Clown take it downtown. Detective Bozo the Clown. Detective Bullwinkle Moose in Thrill Me. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. This'll keep you quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You caught me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. 
I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for $5, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. All right, everybody, welcome back. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and man, uh, again, we can't talk enough about Night of the Creeps. It's just a stone-cold classic. If you have not seen this movie, and you call yourself a horror fan, you're missing a critical point in your horror-watching career. That's for sure. So make sure you check this movie out. You can see all three of us are all doing this. So you can't recommend this movie high enough, in my in my opinion. Yeah, it, it's one of my favorite movies ever. Like, it, it, it's a total comfort food for me. If, you know, the world is bringing me down, I can throw on Night of the Creeps and immediately feel better about things. It's, it's just the best. Absolutely. Anything to say, Danny, on that? I mean, I, I agree. It's it's a lot of fun, and 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 just to your point, we could talk all day about it. But your time your time to be ever spent to just go ahead and and track it down and play it for yourself because you'll enjoy every minute. Absolutely. And being that we're so caring about you, normally in these shows we do our show right our our our, our prize game called Get Fact. But being that we have guests, we decided that our guest is more important than you, so we're not going to do those. <laughs> but I do want to say we have had a winner for all of you that either have been listening or are not listening and don't know what we're talking about. We've been giving away prizes, y'all. And I want to say this gift right here is for John Bell. He won from our last episode that we had to get fact on that. He's not getting this case because that's my personal case for 2001 and the, the Kubrick trilogy. But what he is getting <laughs> is what's the gift that's inside that really matters, which is a copy of, where are we at? Yep, Werewolf versus the Vampire Women. <laughs> Not to mention, we're going to send you some other hell mean goodies as well. So congratulations, John, on that. Uh, we appreciate also directed you. by uh, Stanley Kubrick. Yes. Not a lot of people know that. Not a yeah. lot of people. I just want to know who wins. <laughs> oh, uh, well, you have to watch the movie, yo. I know. Well, right now, John, John Bell won, so... <laughs> congratulations john bell yeah. no matter who wins we lose I think <laughs> yes that's kind of the truth so there you go folks we we've lived up to our word we actually are giving away prizes even though we didn't attend to Ming. <laughs> oh all right so enough about us bo tell us what's going on in the world of legion podcast uh i mean what's not going on in the world of legion podcast uh no, we're in the midst of doing uh the 31 days of halloween yeah. as as of this recording uh it, we got a almost a week left and so i've been dropping little mini episodes every day uh just movie recommendations and mini reviews and that kind of thing um, Gary has been doing 31 days of Howling Beasts, which uh, drop in like chunks. So every few days you'll get a, a big chunk of those. Um, then all the normal stuff that that you get, uh, you know, shows like this and uh, Psychosemantic and Cinema Psyops and uh, Legion After Dark is coming back at the beginning of the year. Oh, good. Working on that stuff. Um Friday nightmares going strong. I mean, just the hits don't stop coming, Ricky. Yeah. And and then I personally, the the show that I do personally is a, a show called The Dark Parade, and uh, that is a a horror theme podcast, uh, which features a number of sort of 
mainstream episodes that are uh, a look at various horror films. Uh, we just wrapped up the Psycho series. Uh, the the Psycho Four: The Beginning is about to drop, and uh, in addition to that, there's also uh, Morbid Mondays, which are general news and conversation kind of episodes, and then Found Footage Fool. All this is under Dark Parade. Found Footage Fool is the fact that I can't stop watching found footage movies, <laughs> and I need some outlet to vent about them. Yeah, uh, and it's uh, so, so many of them are so bad. Well, okay, so I set up a, a a list of five criteria that makes a good found footage movie, and I basically okay. just judge against those five cr- criteria. And you're right, most of them fail miserably at at least two of of the criteria. I'll, I'll have to give that a listen because I'm similar. I, I Rick can, can tell you ever since the genre came out, I really can't resist checking them out, even when I can see that they're not going to be good. I have to watch them. Yeah, it's. It's a real sickness, and I'm glad that you share it as well because at least I know I'm not alone. But I'm, yeah, like I start going through those to be lists, and I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, th- this one's about a haunted asylum. You know, they all <laughs> are about haunted asylums. It turns out. So, um, but yeah, I I adore watching those movies. But then when I get to the end of it, I start questioning my life, and so those little bonus episodes are are me trying to make sense of this perversion i have um but yeah so all of that stuff is under dark parade which of course is on legion podcasts and if you go to legionpodcasts.com you can subscribe to that show and the whole feed so you get every show on the network uh or you can just find the individual shows there and subscribe to the ones you like whatever you want to do you can also go to youtube.com forward slash legion podcast there's uh uh you know live streams and some uh video versions of the podcast and whatnot uh, and if you really want to support the network, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Legion podcasts. And on that uh, Patreon, you get early access to some of the shows. You get exclusive access uh, to uh, shows and bonus episodes that you can't hear anywhere else. And then uh, once a month, you'll also get a, a video program called the Ouija Experiment Experiment, <laughs> which which is... Uh, a, a series that I do uh, with a rotating series of guests where we look at a movie with the word uh, Ouija in the title and using uh, scientific measurement <laughs> determine whether or not it's a successful movie. Have you covered uh, uh, every Ouija way but loose yet? Not that we haven't done that one. We've done <laughs> we've done Ouija mummy. We've done Ouija shark. We've done Ouija warehouse uh the ouija room i think we've already covered um but it turns out that they drop about three of these a day so we're <laughs> never gonna run <laughs> so there, um, there's a one that's been floating around called ouija japan that's just like oh it's it's just a matter of time before <laughs> yeah that appears and ouija shark 2 is either out or coming out so you know we just shark too <laughs> yeah you know just when you thought it was safe to go back to the ouija board <laughs> it's we just shark too i'm trying to, to think of how that could possibly work well it's, it, it's got to tie back to ghost shark right <laughs> somehow it, it's a giant puppet floating shark that attacks people in ouija shark and I can only assume, and the budget of Ouija Shark was about $37. <laughs> and I think they've doubled it for Ouija Shark too. So that we're in for something special. We're, we're not, not in three figures yet, but high twos. Yeah. <laughs> we'll both be in trouble if there's like a, you know, Ouija Shark diaries, you know, where, where they have the found footage of the first people to find. We, we, I, I'll be stuck watching it. It'll probably be six hours long, too. Yeah. There, and, Ouija and nothing will happen until like four minutes till the end. <laughs> All right. That's honestly, that is the biggest problem with any of the Ouija movies is taking the wrong lessons away from Blair Witch of like, well, you just slowly ramp up the tension until everything kind of explodes at the end. Right. Which it totally works for Blair Witch Project. But it turns out if you don't have like good improv- improvisational actors for, for your film, it just turns into unwatchable dreck. Yeah, <laughs> where they're just like, 
boy, it sure is scary camping out here. Uh-huh. And, you know, that's like 15 <laughs> minutes of your movie. Oh, it's just the worst. Then it's kind of like, that's great. That's great. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, what was the... Uh, um, Behind the Sightings was uh, the first one I did for uh, Found Footage Fool, which was all about, hey, what what about all these clown sightings that happened in like 2016? <laughs> but it takes place in the modern day. And they're like, oh, like the movie missed the wave of that. Right. <laughs> so, and also doesn't answer the central question of what's behind the sightings it's just some stuff that happens and then you're like well that doesn't explain anything so wow uh yeah I, i'm an idiot I, I, that's just that, that requires a lot of time i just i'm sitting there going how in the world do you do you have time to to dive into this stuff it's because uh my girlfriend is a nurse and so she works a bunch and leaves me alone to do stupid shit like watch watch found footage movies and movies with Ouija in the title. And then she's like, "What? so what did you do today? And I'm like, it's better that you don't know because you're going to have so much less respect for me on the other side of that conversation. And what's bad is even if it was like porn or something, be like, okay, but Ouija again? Right. Come right. on. It, yes. <laughs> if I was like, I've been, I've been feeling sexy all day, baby. It's not that. It's like, I just watched a bunch of people wander around in the woods for about 80 minutes. And then there was like three minutes where a Bigfoot chased them. Right. That and, you get to see like its shoulder, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Like a flash. It just sweeps across the camera real quick. Looks about as good as the Sasquatch costume I've got right over my shoulder. Uh, it, oh. I, I'm, I'm embarrassed as a person, but also I can't stop. <laughs> totally I, I, understandable. One of these days I'm going to walk into my house and like all my friends will be sitting there on a couch with like a mediator there. Like, look, we're, we're doing this because we care about you and <laughs> we need you to stop watching these found footage movies. <laughs> I quit each time I want. I can stop. <laughs> <laughs> we looked at your Christmas list. All you wanted was a Ouija board. <laughs> Right. Yeah, uh, and and a and a, a prosumer grade camera. Um, yeah, I, I, if I, I I could make Ouija basement about it being haunted by wasps. Yeah. Ouija tent. I mean, <laughs> sky's the limit, man. Yeah, yeah. Every time I watch hey, these movies, Ouija Bigfoot. There, it, that exists already. That is a that is a hundred percent already a thing. Oh. I just haven't watched it yet. Wow. Yeah. I'm behind. I, I know. <laughs> I know. Like no matter what no matter how dumb you think your idea is, it's already been made. It's <laughs> like they just went through the dictionary, found all the nouns and added Ouija in front of them. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't know, man. I can get pretty stupid. Like Ouija Herculoids. <laughs> it all started with Ouija Aardvark though. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> all from Ouija Aardvark to Ouija Zinkleberry. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very rare berry found in Zinkle. Yeah, yeah. But somehow all these movies are still ninety minutes long. You yeah, know, like, uh, it, like fingers crossed. I I feel a little bit better when I hit one that's like eighty-seven minutes or eighty-two minutes. I'm like, all right, well, at least it's not ninety minutes, right? You know, I don't know why that eight-minute difference matters, but it does. It does. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I could fit in I, in those eight minutes. I could probably fit, fit in like you know, Ouija backyard. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Ouija bathtub. You know, it's, yeah. Again. Like I said, Ouija hospice care. It all of it works. Yeah, I think Ouija backyard is a porno. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, yeah, there probably is like a, a Ouija only fans. <laughs> All right. I, I don't know where to go from this. I, we we yeah. might Ouija it out. <laughs> Bo, we man, just we, should get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> man, we, we really appreciate you coming on. It's always a blast. Uh, and just thanks for everything you do for everybody here at Legion. And, and just, again, you're just the best. Oh, thank you. guys. It's always a pleasure to do this. And, and uh, yeah, 
if you hey we're going to talent springs tonight i know you guys are relatively close yeah. so you know feel free to join us yeah. <laughs> for the haunted houses in the greater kentucky area yeah i've got to actually go play a gig tonight in kentucky so i won't i won't oh, be nice. able to make the haunted the haunted thing but i'll be a bunch around a bunch of rednecks so i don't know which is scarier yeah, we're going to eat at that Patty's Plantation place, and then going to haunted houses. So that's that's my Kentucky evening. You know what? You'll be you'll be close to where I'll be actually. So that's nice. not bad. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. uh, depending on how the haunts go, we'll uh, <laughs> you'll have to let me know where you are. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks. Appreciate you coming on, man. Everybody, we will check you later. Adios. <laughs>